Take your Bible tonight, turn with me to Exodus chapter number 14. Exodus chapter 14 is where we're going to be this evening in the text. And I tell you, I appreciate the invitation. I'm, I don't feel like it. I'm anywhere qualified to be here tonight. I tell you, I, I'm scared to death. Be a man to tell you the truth about it, but I thank God for the opportunity. And I want you to, to take your Bible once again and go to Exodus chapter 14. Now let me, let me bring you up to where we're at in the text for just a little while uh, we, we know over there and we got some, the children of Israel, they're down there in Egypt and they've been over there for some time now and we've got them over there and they've, uh, they've been in bondage under the leadership of, uh, of Pharaoh and Pharaoh is, won't, won't let the people go. And we understand that God had a man on the backside of the desert, his name was Moses and God spoke to Moses out of the burning bush and God got him back to, to getting where he needed to be. And so God brought Moses to Egypt and God took uh, Moses and, and, and through a series of plagues, uh, hardship and different things, God, God used the life of Moses to, to get the, the people of Israel out of Egypt. One of those things, the last plague was the, the Passover in Exodus chapter number 12. We find that in the Passover, what you see is this. Uh, Moses instructed the people to take a lamb. And he begins to say it this way. He said three things. He said, take a lamb. And he said, then take the lamb. And then take your lamb. Amen. And so that, <laughs> yeah, man, well, you take that lamb. And they used to slay that lamb. And then the, the Bible speaks about how they was to take and put the blood on the doorpost and on, on the lintel and on the, uh, on the, on the two side posts and on the lintel, those on the side and on the above. And we know that that's a tide, friend, of the, of the cross of Calvary, amen? We see that blood there. And, and well, I, I began to think about that while I was preaching through this series. I, I thought about this Passover lamb and how that they applied the blood on the outside of the doorpost, but I mean, that was external, amen, for everybody to see. It was, it was good for everyone in the home. And, but, but isn't it amazing they was to kill it outside? They was to place the blood on the doorpost. And the Bible said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. But, but then there was more steps to it than just that. Uh, they took that blood once they got it on the doorpost. The family, it was slain on the outside, but the family walked through the blood on the inside, amen, and there on the inside, what you find is this, that that, uh, that lamb was roasted with fire, amen, and it was placed on the table, amen, it was provided for the whole family, just like Jesus died for all, amen. But then we find, then we find it was not just an external thing, but, and it was not just an internal thing, but it's also an individual lamb, amen. What did every person in the house could have took of that lamb, amen? Amen, you, you couldn't leave that house hungry if you wanted to, amen? There was food on the table. Can I tell you tonight, salvation's available to every man tonight. Boy or girl, man, red, white, blue, it don't make no difference who you are tonight, what side of the tracks, amen, that you was born on. I'm thankful tonight, amen. Salvation's available. After that Passover lamb died, we see the death of the lamb. We get over there to a place. Moses leads them down. And he's, Moses is trying to get them. I'm getting there, amen. Just hang in there. We gotta, we'll get there in just a second, amen. Just hold on, amen. I'm building it. We'll get there in just a minute. And Moses gets down there and he he's decides to take the, the children of Israel his way. The Bible speaks about that he's trying to go the way of the Philistines. 
God said, no, I don't want you to go that way. I want you to go down there. I want you to go by the way of Pyharoth, and I want you to go by the way of uh, down there at Baal Savon, and I, I want you to go uh, down there to the, to what, there, there at the Red Sea, and, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to stand still. Now, now, I don't know about you, pastors. I usually don't like to lead my congregation to a dead end. I want to lead them to a place they're going to have a great experience. I think Moses was trying to take the route that was easiest. He was taking the route that was that's going to bring a great victory in his eyes. There's some things that we are looking at right now that we think is going to bring us victory, and all it's done is bring us pain. And I think what we need to do is get back to the book, amen, just trust God, amen. And so they're in a place. And I'm here today and over here in Exodus chapter number 14, we're in a place where now the Red Sea's before them. And they got mountains on both sides and now they got an army behind them. And they're fearful. I want to read the text, if you will, please stand to your feet tonight. I'm going to try my best to read We'll look down there in verse number 11. Actually, I tell you what, let's back up to verse, verse number 6. And he made ready his chariot, and he took, this is talking about Pharaoh, and he took his people with him, and he took 600 chosen chariots, and all the chariots of Egypt, the captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out, with a high hand. I think there's a little pride in their heart. Then we get over there and verse number nine says, but the Egyptian pursued after them all, and all the, all the horses, all, did you see that? All the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Pyrath before Belsvon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there was no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt uh, thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we did tell thee in Egypt? Say, let us alone. We're comfortable. We're okay. That we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. I want you to look very closely now at verse number 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I am so honored to be here tonight. Lord Jesus, I need your help, God. These things, Lord God, of preaching, Lord, we could do our very best, but Lord God, it is a waste of time without the Holy Ghost. I thank you for your presence already here tonight. 
But God, somebody here tonight needs this. Lord, I know that. Uh, as you have already talked to my soul earlier today, God, that Lord Jesus, the church is weary. The church is down and out. The church is dry a little bit. And God, somebody needs some help tonight, God. And I, I ask you, would you come by one more time? And Lord God, would you give us a, a stirring in our hearts that we might see you again? We do thank you for all you do. In Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's words. Look back with me at verse number 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been thinking about that sore afraid, and it seems to be connected with anxiety. They were perplexed. They were nervous. They, began, they had this army chasing after them, and they, they were getting a little bit nervous. Have you ever noticed that as long as things are going good in the church, and as long as stay, look here, I, I'm not an evangelist, praise God. You can tell I'm a pastor, amen. I'm preaching right to the church, amen. Look, look, I'm telling you, every single time that everything's good, everybody's happy. That's what we want. But man, when we set out to do something for God, sometimes it gets uncomfortable. And everybody seems to get scary when you start stepping out on faith and you give it a little bit and you start getting afraid. They were sore afraid. I mean scared to their wits end that they're going to die. And then I want you to notice something. I'm about to help you preachers here tonight. Every single time that you get the people in the place where God told you to put them, it seems the first thing that people want to do is to blame the one in authority. They want to blame the one in charge. Moses has led us to this trap. There's nowhere to go. What are we going to do? I can see them now. I think I've heard a few of them every time. In verse number 11, we see that the Israelites have lost confidence in Moses. They've lost confidence. Man, this guy's crazy. We had it made and look at where he's led us to. Can you hear them backbiters? They're beginning to grumble. They're beginning to complain. I can only imagine how Moses must have felt. Can I, I told our church congregation, Moses was not Superman. Moses was just an individual like you and I. Your pastor, listen to me, your pastor tonight, he is not Superman. He is just a man just like everybody else and he has feelings just like everybody else has feelings. Amen. Just look at him on Monday and Tuesday and then on Thursday. You say, preacher, you don't get like that. I fake it sometimes, amen. But I'm gonna tell you something, everybody gets down. Everybody gets down. There wasn't nowhere for them to go. There was no turning back. They, they, uh, no, they uh, no doubt were saying, where has he laid, led, why has he led us here? Why did he, he not just leave us alone? What, we were fine over there in Egypt. Why don't we? But can I, can I just step out here and say this? It wasn't Moses that led them to this place. Hey, Moses didn't have enough sense to lead them to this place. Oh, no, listen to me, friend. God Almighty had a plan. He had a plan before they left Egypt. He had a plan, listen, before they even got the lamb slain. God knew where they was going to go and how they was going to get there. 
Amen. Listen, God knows how to get us out of here. Don't get perplexed. Don't get afraid now. We're almost home. Just hang in. Sometimes people, they get uncomfortable. They get them, blame them people in authority. They blame the situation on their leader. But then, listen, they, they always forget where they came from. They, they, these people have forgotten what God has just brought them out of. I, I mean, they, they, it wasn't easy in Egypt, friend. They didn't have it on easy street. I mean, it was, they, they, were, they were in bondage. Bondage is not fun. Listen to me. Isn't it amazing how you step out and do something a little bit for God and the next thing you know the devil's going, hey, you had it so much easier back there in sin. No, you didn't, friend. You was in bondage. You was in addiction. Satan had you, friend. But when God brought you out, he never wanted you to go back. Thank God I'm glad I don't have to go back. Amen. There's no turning back in this journey. Not only is God demonstrating his powerful protection, but I want you to see tonight that God's also demonstrating his powerful presence. Look with me at verse number 13. When man gets in trouble, listen to me tonight, he feels that there's no way out. I want you to know there's one, th- one place you can turn. When you can't get a word, you feel like you're in the sky's brass. You just get that old book back out, friend. And you and God get alone. And you just sit there and you wait until God gives you a word. And I'm telling you something, that book will help you. And you'll find out that he's been with you the whole time. He'll help you, amen, through every step of your journey. Look at verse number 13. God, through Moses, tells the people what they need. Verse 13 says this, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Those words, fear ye not. That phrase seems to appear all throughout the scriptures. Fear you not. When you think about it this way, it's it's a phrase that comforts the soul in the middle of despair. When you're in the middle, when you're sore afraid, I mean, just think about this way. God says, fear ye not. Fear ye not. Do you know that Jesus said these words? Over there in, in Matthew chapter number 10, verse 31, Jesus said this. Fear ye not, therefore, Ye are more valuable than many sparrows. You say, what are you saying, preacher? I'm trying to tell you tonight, listen to me. There's no way that any harm or danger is going to come to the children of Israel. Amen. God's got them exactly where he wants them. They are exactly where they need to be. Amen. And can I tell you tonight, you're not here by accident. God brought you here to this place for a reason. Amen. Maybe it's another touch of God. I don't know what it is. Amen. Then we see this. They are told the next phrase is stand still. Now standing still is not easy. I mean just ask any kid that's got ADHD. He can't stand still. Amen. He's, he's a fidgeting. But in this aspect it's a command of the Lord to stand still. Now you've got to think about this there's an enemy both sides there's one thing that we leave out of scripture we want to spiritualize everything but when we leave out the natural mind I begin to put myself when I, when I, done, when I was up there at the house and the study I, I began to put myself in these people's place and, 
and I'm hearing what Moses is saying. He says, fear you not. And I'm, I'm a trying to fear not, you know. And he's saying, stand still. And I'm thinking, God, if I could get to my AR-15 right now, I'm sure I could get four or five of them. We think that that's the answer to our problems. That's not our answer. Our answer is the God of heaven, friend. We want to fix everything with that, but I want to tell you something. That God said, stand still. Notice here, though, I believe when they begin to stand still, I, I believe that maybe possibly that there's a holy hush come upon them. God's presence begins to settle in. The Israelites couldn't move because of the mountains. They couldn't move because of the sea. They, they were in that dry land, but the God of heaven was taking care of them. There's an army behind them, sure, but it ain't all that bad. Amen. They still got the word of God, and they got a leader, amen, and they got to, they're getting a word from the Lord. It's not all that bad, but then the next word seemed to bring some hope. Isn't it amazing? In the middle of our darkness, how that God seems to send the word your way when you need it the most. The next word says this. See the salvation of the Lord. Now, I don't understand it all, but I do know this. Hebrews 11, 29. Now, y'all, y'all listen to me. I'm probably, I'm probably about to mess up here, but I'm going to do it in here. Hebrews eleven twenty nine says this. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. That seemed to puzzle me a little bit. Faith is the opposite of what? Faith is the opposite of sight, and faith is also the opposite of fear. Well, we know that the Bible said over there in, in, in you know, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, now in my mind, I, I told my church, I, in my mind, I thought it this way. I, I've always examined it this way. I, I thought when, when Moses, when Moses picked up that rod and got, took that, that rod and, and he put it out, I, I imagined that the waters parted from where they were standing all the way to the other side. But that, that's not walking by faith, that's walking by sight. It takes a lot of faith to hold the rod and as the waters begin to part before you, I'm trusting God with every step, amen. I'm trusting God to get me through this, this situation that I'm in. I, hey, listen, that's where we're at. We're wanting to see the other side, but yet we won't trust God by faith. This is, we need God to help us day by day, step by step, walking by faith. I don't know that, but it seems to make some sense to me. Amen, I'm, not, I'm pretty simple-minded in hell. I want you to think about it this way. Faith is looking not at the things which are seen, but looking at the things that are not seen. Can I tell you, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, neither do I. 
I don't even know what's going to happen the rest of the night or the, this evening, but I know this, God knows. God knows where I need to be and God knows where you need to be. Amen. Step by step, moment by moment, God will fight for you. Then, let me say to you, God's going to protect you all the way because of his powerful presence. Now, we're speaking about, obviously, spiritual sight. And, and we're thinking about it this way. We're looking forward to what we cannot see. We're trusting God by faith. How many not tonight know that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior? Amen. You know that without a shadow of a doubt. Amen. You can testify and raise your hand and say, I know, preacher, that I've been saved by the grace of God. You didn't see him to get saved, but he showed himself to you. Spiritually, God made himself visible to you. You say, preacher, have you ever seen the Lord? No, I've never seen the Lord with a physical eye, but I sure have seen him in my spiritual eye. Amen. Oh, I see him in my spiritual eye all the day long. Amen. And I say something to you. One writer said, to, to see the salvation of the Lord, we must first stand still instead of running away as our fleshly activity points us to do, we have to be still if we're going to know that God is God. God said this, he said, be still and know that I am God. You're never, friend, as long as you're doing your thing, as long as you're running away from the enemy, as long as you're doing what you want to do, I'm going to tell you something, you'll never see the presence of God in your life because you're running the show. What you need to do is stand still and do what God said to do and follow what God said. Oh my. 13, verse 13 gives us two futuristic phrases. Notice what he says here. He says, he will show you today. That speaks of God's presence and his protection for the day, today. But then he goes on and says this. He says, God's a, a, you shall see them again no more. Thank God, aren't you glad not, not just for the day, but he's also taking care, protecting us, and his presence is with us forever, amen. You say, oh, the devil's on me and all. Listen, you got protection for the day, and you got protection for eternity. You're okay, friend. You're going to be just fine. Mm. Let me give you this thing. I got to get going, man. I'm telling you, I'm going to drag my Look at verse number 14. You want to underline this one. The Lord shall fight for you. And ye shall hold your peace. Now listen, I, some of the writers said this. That they said it this way that Moses was saying when he said hold your peace, it meant to be quiet. There's 600,000 men beside women and children in this, in this great company of Israelites. And when Moses, he said, stand still, he's now saying to hold your peace. I believe it got real quiet. And all of a sudden, man, these 600,000 men, and they've got their families. I, I don't think, look here, can I say to you this evening, I don't think that the Israelites walked in chaos. It wasn't like going to Walmart. No, I, I think there was an orderly fashion. 
So when they begin to hold their peace, maybe they stood there reverently and thought for just a little bit in meditation, either we're going to go all the way for God or we're going to die right here. We're either going to die a sacrificial death right here or God's getting ready to do a real big miracle in my life. And I believe that while they was in the middle of that quiet time with God, there was a sweet presence of the Holy Ghost that began to settle in their hearts in the middle of that dark time, in the middle of that trial, and they begin to feel this presence and God's presence fill their soul and they begin to say, I think we're going to be all right. God's going to take us to the other side. They do this though. There was no turning back. At this point, they're committed. Now I begin to think about this in the whole situation. I begin to think about how that they are standing there as sheep and they're waiting on the shepherd to move. They can't go no further and they can't go backwards. They're just waiting on the shepherd to move. Can I tell you, I'm just waiting on the shepherd to move. Oh, I'm just waiting on that trumpet to sound, friend. And when that trumpet sounds, amen, the dead in Christ, rise first. I'm going to get out of here, and I, you're going to get out of here, thank God, and we're going to walk where we've never walked before. Thank God. There's no turning back. We've seen God's powerful protection. We've seen God's powerful presence. But let me give this thought. What about God's powerful promotion? Look at verse 15 again with me. Verse 15 says this, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. They go forward. This speaks of advancement. We're no longer standing still. It's almost kind of like, listen, I know that's not a contradiction, but it's almost like this. It's almost like, in one point he says, stand still, now he's saying, I'm going to go forward. But it, it always requires this. In order for you to see God and who he is, you've got to first stand still. In order for you to see who God's, you've got to first hold your peace. You've got to stop talking. You've got to start listening, amen. And then when God says to go, then you've got to start going, amen. Everything seems to be walking in a way of order. I want to say this to you tonight that just as you and I, I got to, I got to thinking about this, uh, God's powerful pr- promotion. Look at verse number 16. God tells Moses, he said, but lift up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now jump on down there to verse number 21 with me. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and the made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. Verse 22. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground 
And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. I, I see the, the sea opens and Israel moves forward. So that every step is a, another moment of faith. But I think about this. Have you ever considered or ever wondered for just a moment how that God actually caused the waters to go back, how that the waters actually would stay, how that the ground would actually be dried. Scientists have been trying to figure it out for a long time, haven't they? But God knows what he's doing, thank God. Back in Egypt, the Passover lamb was the death of Jesus on the cross. There when we get to the sea, we see the death of the lamb. We see the, the burying, not the death, excuse me, the burying of the, the lamb. But you're going to see him come out on the other side and what you're going to see is the resurrection of God's mighty Israelites. Now, let me give you some thoughts here real quickly. I don't know if all this is true, but anyhow, I like it, amen. Job chapter 37 and verse 10. You can turn that if you want to. By the breath of God, frost is given, and the breath of the waters is straightened. By the breath of God, frost is given. Remember that. Now take your Bible and go to Exodus chapter 15 and verse number 8. Verse number 8. Most of you Bible scholars already know this. I can't blow your minds anyhow. Amen. Look at verse number 8. And with the blast of, his, of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together, and the floods stood upright as in heat. And the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. Now, I want you to understand that word congeal seemed to pop out at me. That, that word's important. Don't ever lose that word. That word congealed means this. That word congealed speaks of this, to change from a fluid to a solid by the use of cold. By the use of, <laughs> to make that which is, <laughs> Oh, yes, friend. From a fluid to a solid by that which is cold. Remember the text, the, the, the Lord calls the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. I just told you a minute ago, amen, out of his nostrils the frost was given, amen. Now, I don't know, but I've been thinking about this. A strong east wind all that night. They were walking eastward, I believe. I don't know that, uh, that the, the wind was coming from the east. I think maybe the wind was blowing towards the east. A strong east wind, amen, blowing that thing apart. Now as we're walking, amen, all of these things are freezing beside of us. The ground is drying up. Now, now I told y'all, man, they was in a bad situation. That's about to be, I mean, that's about to be destroyed by the army. Don't y'all know that? I mean, they're out there in the hot desert. I've got it all pictured in my mind. They're out in the hot desert, and all of a sudden, Moses begins to walk, and all of a sudden, they begin to walk down into the air condition. <laughs> Thank God, I'll tell you something. There's been some blessings ever since I began on this life. There's been help along the journey. It's been a blessing, friend. I, mean, I tell you, there's been some rough places, but there's also been some blessings along the way. Thank God. Hey, man, aren't you glad of that? Now, Nice. That's interesting, ain't it? Thank God, congealed. Well, I'm about to close this thing out with this. Now listen, we've seen the Israelites blessed by God's powerful promotion. However, 
We also seem to see the Egyptians' prideful presumptions. I want you to look back at chapter number 14. Go back to verse 17 with me for just a moment. The Bible says, and I will, and I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts and upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen and the angel of God <laughs> went before the camp of Israel, removed and behind, went behind them and a pillar of the cloud went before their face and stood behind them. And it came to pass the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel and it was a cloud of, and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these so that one came not near the other all the night. Huh. Can, you care if I do an illustration up in there? Can, can I use some of these people? All right, good. I need about, how about you boys? You boys it all right if I use these boys right here? All these boys on this row, third row back. Y'all come on up here and help me. Okay, y'all go stand over there. And, and this is what you got. To, well, I tell you, they're too, they too nice looking. Okay. Let's see here. Um, yeah, y'all do look kind of like soldiers. Y'all think they look like soldiers? Kind of, maybe. Let me see it. You got it? Y'all soldiers or not? All right, I didn't have to got it. Y'all are the Egyptians, okay? And now let me have some Israelites. Anybody want to be an Israelite? All right, sister, you come on, be an Israelite. I need some more. Amen. All you ladies, y'all be Israelites, praise God. Y'all be all right. Amen. Is that okay? Okay. All right, they all Israelite. Y'all come on, be with me, all right? Amen. Y'all stand down in here. I'm, I promise you, I got something right here, okay? Just calm down. All right, listen. Um, this is, let's see, we're all flipped around. And that's the east. Is that the east over that way? And that'd be the west, wouldn't we? are going the wrong direction. Uh, you boys get over there, and you girls get over here, amen? Uh, I want to be biblical or I'll never get to come back. All right, stay right there, girls. Girls, where y'all going? Come back here. Hold on just a second. Y'all get over there, all right? This is a real life situation. I mean, it's a real life situation right here, okay? We got to get them somewhere, right? right. Now, now the text said, turn around and go the other way. Uh, the text says, somebody got a King James Bible real close. Chapter number 14. All right. Where's it at? And the angel of God, the angel of the God's always been thought to be the Lord Jesus Christ pre-incarnate. Yes, sir. Amen. You're right. Amen. You all right? Uh, which went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind and the pillar of cloud went before their face and stood behind them. Okay. Who's Bible? I got to remember, I got this Bible. This is going to be our cloud. Amen. All right. So let me just show you what we're talking about here. Y'all still with me? All right. So this pillar of cloud, 
Amen. The fire, this rod here is representing the rod. It's harsh, but get your imagination going, all right? And it's going before them, right? All of a sudden, the text says it now goes behind them. Okay. Y'all with me? And the reason why is because of these cats. All right, so verse 19. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these that the one came not near the other all the night. Hmm. And so we got this cloud here, right, and the light here. I sure am glad that God knows what he's doing. Let me just talk for just a minute about this. This thing here is connected to the tabernacle that's not just been built yet, all right? It's always there. It's a sign of God's presence. Amen. And so where you see this here, this is close to the holy place, the holy of holies. And so what we got is God's way, amen, and God's people going God's way, but then we got this intruder who's tried now, they've left the, sea, the, the sand on the other side and they've stepped in on the seaside and they're now thinking that they're going to walk in God's holy ground. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. You better not play with God, friend. Yeah, hey, you better not play with God. Hey, listen, you just can't go in that holy place anytime you want to go in there. Amen. You can't walk in that holy place when you got sin in your life. You can't just go in there and say, hey, I'm going to walk in and I'm going to get this and I'm going to get that and I'm going to offer this and I'm going to offer that. I'm going to take who I want to take. You just don't do that. That's holy ground. Yeah. And that pride is built up. We're going to get them. I think I see in a world today, there's a world out there it's walking around with great pride. And they pushing the Christian. They pushing at the Christian. They pushing at the Christian. We got some good teachers in some of our schools, and they're pushing, and they're pushing, and they're pushing. I don't know about this, but the Bible said that that cloud was between the Egyptians that night and there was darkness there. I don't know if it's possible for this to do this, but, but if, if you take this from being vertical and you just flipped it horizontally, you got the cloud on this side and the fire, amen, on that side and it's shining the way for them. Aren't you glad? We got the light when everybody else is standing in darkness. Hallelujah, amen. I'm glad. I'm glad tonight, thank God, that we, listen, we'll never walk in darkness again, friend. Amen, we got the light of God on our side. But, y'all get on out to tabernacle, amen. Amen, if you just walk on out through there. Amen, that'd be good. You boys come on, see if you can take a hold of me. Amen, now listen, remember what we talked about? That was ice, all right, that's good enough. That's about right. That's probably about where they's at. That, that pillar's moving like this right here all the time. It's got that light. I, I don't know, but at some point, maybe God set that cloud back up again and God begin to turn that heat back on that ice and when that heat started on that ice 
Are y'all listening to me? When that heat started on that ice, them fellas down in there that had their chariot wheels pulled off, they began to be a sore afraid. Remember how they entered? They entered with great pride. But now they're leaving sore afraid. And some of these boys say, I think we're gonna go back the other way. We're gonna get out of here. And that ice is a popping. That ice is a crackling. That ice, remember how the Israelites got through one step at a time? That thing was a freezing, amen, as they go one step at a time. But man, listen, the time's running out, see. Hey, listen, that, that, that heat's in there. That time's running out. And before long, before long, that prideful heart begins to break because God turns that thing back down again and then all of them waters bury them that day. Thank you, thank y'all. I'm gonna tell you, listen to me tonight. This is a serious thing. The Bible said pride cometh before a fall. Egypt was never the same after that. Their army was gone. Pharaoh was gone. Egypt was never the same. Tonight, you're part of one or two groups. You're either going to the other side or you're running God down. But don't you know this, friend? That word's never been proven wrong. There's a lot of people saying that our God's dead. That our God's silent right now. But I want to remind you where we're at. He's resurrected. And he's coming back again. Friend, I want you to know tonight, church, it ain't time to fold up ministry. It ain't time to quit. It's not time to quit reading your Bible. It's not time to forsake the prayer closet. It's not time, men, to throw in the towel. Now is the time to put it on for the glory of God. And to do all you can while you can for the glory of God. I'm going to tell you tonight, listen to me. Don't be like them Egyptians. You don't have to die that way. You can die in victory. Amen. Amen, preacher. Let's all stand, every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe the Lord spoke to you tonight. I'm confident he has.